Chucking It From The Cheap Seats is the newest podcast covering high school basketball. Head coach Josh Thompson interviews some of the most impactful people who make Hoosier hysteria great. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Subscribe to Chucking It From The Cheap Seats wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our next guest on the Chucking It From The Cheap Seats podcast saw his basketball odyssey begin at Paoli High School. Scott Combs led the Rams to the semi-state in both 1993 and 1994 and finished his senior season as runner-up to Bryce Drew in the 1994 Mr. Basketball voting. From there, after being an Indiana All-Star, Combs played two years at Missouri and finished his playing career at Austin P. After spending several years as an assistant at Austin P, he then spent six years as head coach at Martin Methodist and led them to NAIA prominence. He's now entering his fifth season as the head assistant coach at Moorhead State, where his teams have advanced to the NCAA tournament. Welcome to the podcast, a true fan and a friend to all in Indiana high school basketball, Coach Scott Combs. Chucking it from the cheap seats is also brought to you by BSN Sports and Jeff Neal, their sales rep. Shop BSN Sports for a large selection of sports apparel and footwear, custom and stock Nike team uniforms, and sports equipment for your next winning season. Contact Jeff Neal at 812-204-3808 or visit bsnsports.com. Well, today on our Chugging It from the Cheap Seats podcast, we are joined by the assistant coach at Moorhead State, Scott Combs. Coach Combs, thanks for being on with us today. Thanks for having me. Well, Coach, we do this podcast um, with, the, with the media class. We got started on this a couple years ago, and we do it, and we interview very influential people with Indiana basketball, and I know you're down at Moorhead State right now, and, and obviously in, in a different different part of the country than Indiana but when people talk Indiana basketball and they talk southern Indiana basketball your name comes up quite a bit and so you are someone that I wanted to get on the podcast because um, obviously in the early 90s you and the Paoli Rams were a force to be reckoned with and uh, I, I wanted to wanted to get you on so thank you so much for for taking time out today to be on with us. Well, you got it. We're, we're proud of the uh, state of Indiana, in particular southern Indiana. Uh, my family is indeed. So anytime we have a chance to reconnect, we always look forward to it. Absolutely. Well, Coach, before we before we get into being a payaway Ram and, and your, your college career and the highs and lows of coaching, um, my wife always tells me, she's like, you wait too long to talk to people about their family. Coach, tell us a little bit about your family, a little bit about your kids. Well, I appreciate you asking, and I usually bring that uh, up rather quickly as uh, my family is everything, and that goes back to uh, where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And my folks are both from Indianapolis. My dad was uh, Indianapolis Washington High School. My mom was uh, Franklin Central. They both went to UND, which is Indianapolis now. And mm-hmm. I've got two sisters, so we grew up. Um, my folks were educators. Dad uh, was a teacher. Mom was a teacher, and they they both uh, did that for their entire careers. My dad was a principal at schools such as Ben Davis, Brownsburg, Lebanon, and then a superintendent um, at Paoli. Mm-hmm. And we moved down there in the early '90s, and uh, that's where we call home now. My folks are both past, but mm-hmm. uh, they uh, are present in our minds and our, our daily thoughts. And mm-hmm. my sisters. Are now married. One uh, husband is an athletic director at Paoli, and the other husband, a PE teacher and a college referee. So we we do uh, get together often and talk up not only the current uh, state of things, but we we do talk up all the past uh, that we we grew up with from when we were little kids. Mm-hmm. So I am married uh, to Ashley, and we have a daughter Chandler, eighth grade, and uh, a newborn. 10-week-old uh, Lou Victor, named after my father. So mm-hmm. we are down here in Moorhead, year five, mm-hmm. uh, only about two and a half hours from Paoli, so in the vicinity to where we can get home quickly, and we were just there over Easter. So we have a lot of fun uh, together 
and uh, sports do bring us together. They're not the only thing that, that uh, we do talk about and, and live about, but it is a big part of our lives. It's a, a really big part of your life your lives but uh you do have a, a hobby on the side you, you're you're musically inclined and uh i like following you on social media and, and uh seeing seeing uh you play in different music or different instruments and stuff like that tell tell our listeners a little bit about that i was gifted as a as a, a youngster and my mom knew that and she also knew i like to play basketball so she had the house rule before you could go out to the driveway and, and shoot hoops you had to play 10 to 15 minutes on the piano. So uh-huh. l- luckily for me, I was able to play a little bit by ear. Yeah. And uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. I only do uh, my sisters and I goof around with it from time to time. But I think during the, the, the COVID time, we yeah we, we said, you know what? It, it, throw a little bit out there. See if we can get a little rise. And mm-hmm. sure enough, we got a little attention. And it, it's just fun to kind of break the ice. And it's a little different when we when we talk, uh, you know, even with recruiting. It's yeah. just you know, there's a lot of guys that can play uh, and instrument and gals too, but it's, it also shows that you got to have a little bit of balance. Mm-hmm. No. And, and, uh, I'll tell you what, if you can stroke one key on that, on that keyboard, you're way better than me playing the piano. I, that, <laughs> that's one area of life that God did not touch me with, with any type of <laughs> gift. Um, but coach, you know, you talked about your dad and I remember I was, I first my first head coaching job was at Springs Valley. I was there for five years, and your dad was over at Paoli. And I just I remembered the presence that he had in meetings, um, tremendously well respected. And and I didn't know your dad extremely well, but really respected him. And uh, always he always had good things to talk about and good things to say about kids and about teams. Even even though we were struggling, he always found something positive to say, and I really appreciated that about him. Um, but you know talk to us a little bit about that move, um, you know, because you came from Lebanon to Paoli, correct? We did. Uh, just a, you know, a little bit of about that was it, it, it was a move that was, that was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, exciting, you know, just finishing my freshman year, my dad was principal and my mom was an educator, mm-hmm. uh, early on. And then she, uh, uh, got out while, raising myself and two sisters so about seven eight years in she got back into teaching and it just happened to be that the school district was full up so she was would drive down to indianapolis and she really enjoyed that and, and so did we well about three years into it I, she wanted to get back into the same building mm-hmm. and uh, we we all agreed and uh, lebanon still didn't have a an opportunity and and we we talked about it and she would have sacrificed uh, but i could tell that uh, as family oriented as we were, we all wanted to be in the, in the same building or the same district. So mm-hmm. that uh, summer, we we voted, and like I said, it wasn't easy. I was just coming off a real high of, uh, you, you know, one of the one of the go to guys for for Lebanon Tiger program that has a proud history. Yes, and, yes. Uh, you know, I was really wanting to follow in those footsteps, and we go up there and visit to this day. Mm-hmm. In hindsight 2020 you know it would have been a fun ride but we we did uh, make the decision and my dad uh, gave us a couple options and we made the move down to paoli again that was um you know right there in the middle school years for my sisters and, and i was a freshman mm-hmm. exciting times but as you know when you make moves uh, whether it's uh you know near or far it, it can be a uh, can be something that uh, you know you're just so unsure of but I, I was able to make some great friends quickly along with the family and uh, they still call it home to this day so looking back on it we now have friends uh, great friends from both communities mm-hmm. and uh, that was that was how that move transpired yeah and so you, you get to Paoli and they obviously had a pretty good core of, of players talk about Joe and some of those other guys that were in that core with you that had a lot of success well, I was fortunate to, to come into a, a program that was, you know, had some steam to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys before me, uh, Coach Mike Brown, Coach Bradley before me, I kind of had that thing pointed in a direction that was going up. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me to, to slide in there and, and to find a fit, and, uh, you know, Joe Sibbett, uh great friend as a, as a young kid and, and we knew him before we went down there that family in particular 
um, you know, we knew that uh, there was going to be an opportunity to, to win some ball games. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we put everything together, you know, I've got names for days. All those guys I still talk to to this day. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just such a fun ride. But we we uh, uh, were building on what was just there before us two to three years. And, and what a era that we were able to play in. I, I say it frequently to play in a, in a time where Damon Bailey and others got it to where it was regarding mm-hmm. fan support and crowds, just to be a part of that. Looking back, it was really lucky. Yeah. Um, and, and for, you know, anybody that, that did and, and knew about that era, it was really special. Mm-hmm. So, again, to this day, uh, you know, Paley basketball, we go back home and we, we, we cheer on the Rams and cheer them loud. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I don't know if we'll ever get back to where it was regarding that fan base yeah. because the fans are still there. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, you, as you know, it was just a different time, and, and that's what people did on Friday and Saturday night. You know, Coach, you, you bring up a really good point because I was in junior high when you were in high school, and, you know, guys in, in that era and the teams in that era, whether it was WRV or, you know, Floyd Central or you guys or, or Corden, you guys were like legends to me. And that era of high school basketball, I think it's tremendous that you give credit to Damon and those guys of the late 80s and early 90s because they really did set the stage for you guys. And and the last five or six years of single-class basketball, I think, in southern Indiana was really special because, you, you know, those WRV teams were excellent. You guys were tremendous. Uh, New Albany, Jeffersonville had some great teams. Uh, it was just really special. And uh, – just talk about those semi-states that you were a part of your sophomore, junior, and senior year. Well, to, to do uh, that over again, you know, when we talk about it, I, I think we would all go through that again. Mm-hmm. It was just such a fun ride, exhilarating. And, and, again, we were piggybacking off of so many before us. But just to take you back to the, the sectional week and, and that feel, uh, and it starts – when, when it started for me when I was a young kid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, again, I go back to Lebanon and the sectional was played there. The regional was played at, at, at Frankfurt, which, you know, to me, to me, one of the neatest uh, gymnasiums arenas around. And if you did qualify and make it there, it's so special. And it just also showed sometimes how hard it was to advance, mm-hmm. but to win a, a, a sectional, so special to, but to back it up when those tickets would go on sale on the Monday to see see your peers of all ages not walking down the hallway to get in line they were running down the hallway <laughs> and tripping over each other to get in line and yeah you know people people not from that area or from the state of Indiana might say what are you guys doing mm-hmm. but that was kind of the thing to do mm-hmm. and for those schools in particular that that didn't uh, have maybe success year in, year out. I think it uh, was extra special. And not to say you get bored with winning, but during my time at, at Paoli, we were able to, my sophomore year, break through and, and get to that semi-state. And then we were able to do it two more times in a row. Uh, we knew that it was special and very difficult to uh, obtain. Uh, but looking back, it, for a smaller size school, you know, it, it to us it was almost like winning the state tournament. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so you know, you get to Terre Haute twice, you get to Evansville, and, and the whole community's going there, and and just to you, you know the caravan, and, and to me, you, you know, if you hadn't seen the movie Hoosiers, that's what it looked like—a caravan for miles, and 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 to just be you know, not only on that team, but for me to be on the team and to be one of the, one of the leaders and, and one of them that, that put the basket, the ball in the basket, uh, you, you know, again, looking back, how lucky was I and Absolutely. very thankful. Yeah. You know, your, your senior year, I think is one of the best senior years. I think anybody ever had that didn't win Mr. Basketball and, and for listeners that aren't familiar with Mr. Basketball in 1994, it was a guy named Bryce Drew. So it wasn't like you were runner-up to, to any slouch. Um, but, you know, you were MVP of the Hall of Fame Classic. I, I'm looking at some of your, your stats from high school. You were 
first team All-State as a sophomore, junior, and senior, and then you were the leading scorer in Indiana-Kentucky All-Star games. Um, just how special was that to be, you know, like you, you've already touched on how, you know, growing up as a young kid looking up to all those kids that were older than you, like Damon and those guys that set the stage. But did it almost seem sometimes like you were, like, living a dream there, there your sophomore, junior, and senior year? No, it really did. Um, and part of it is, you know, I was surrounded by really good people, mm-hmm. um, which was blessed to have terrific coaches from, you know, youth to high school. And mm-hmm. what we tried to do was you just tried to emulate those before us. Yeah. And whether that was just being a, a, a good player, a, a, you know, somebody that was good to the, the kids in elementary school when, when you got invited to speak to the room, mm-hmm. whether that was, you know, playing the right way, uh, whether, the, you know, going to get a rebound, whether it was making the extra pass. And, you know, for our particular era, points were at a premium. We, 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 we didn't score a ton of points. So when you throw out those stats and that brings you down memory lane, I really appreciate that. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. like really, how did, how did it all transpire back then? Well, I had, I had a bunch of unselfish teammates mm-hmm. and, uh, Joe and I both with some skill sets, built around some tough players yeah we were able to we were able to manufacture and win games and then for us individually our accolades came because of that Mm -hmm. and from doing that like I said back to playing what I thought was the right way uh never wavered or at least I tried not to Mm -hmm. you know there might have been a time or two when you know you saw somebody else score a a 40-point game and you thought you know what I, I could do that but you know, we, we just had things going in a certain direction, and we, we kind of, as a individual and as a team, you knew to stay, stay in that wheelhouse, and then hopefully staying in that wheelhouse would get you to the next level, which for me, lucky enough, again, I was able to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you talk about the next level. You know, you sign a Division One scholarship. You go to Missouri uh, as a freshman. You, you were involved in – I think for guys my age and your age, one of the most notorious games ever, um, and I, I don't I don't mean to pick a scab here, but <laughs> that <laughs> ni- 1995 NCAA tournament loss to UCLA, Ty said he hits that last second shot, which I think is still one of the most remarkable shots because it was extremely difficult, extremely well defended, and they go on to win the national championship. Um, what was that like playing in the tournament as a freshman? Well, I tell you what, it was really sur- surreal. Um, something that you dream about, mm-hmm. and you, you know, you grow up in the state of Indi- Indiana, watching Indiana, Purdue, you know, Indiana State, Butler, Evansville, Ball State, Valparaiso. You can name them, and you, your your hope was you you know one of those teams that you pulling for made it, and then one of those teams kept going, and then one of your teams won it and you know you got to see that happen a couple times with me as a youngster with uh you know indiana and then the dream of, of getting on one of those teams and to get to the tournament and then you know you win a game in the tournament and then you advance and you're against the number one seed and then you have a you have a one point lead with uh you know 4.9 seconds to go uh it's all you can ask for and uh-huh. The, the, the playing at that level, as far as the talent, the coaching at that level, um, it's, it, as you know, it is exceptional. And I got to participate in, in a couple of those. And, you know, looking back as a kid, that's, that's all you really wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, to play in those games, even if it's just a few minutes, I, I take it back to being really lucky. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I was able to do it and, and uh, have fun with it. Yeah. You know, and, Scott, I, I forgot to ask you this, and this is something that, that I'd written down. You know, obviously you go to Missouri on a scholarship, and we'll talk about making the transfer here to Austin P in, in just a second. But being an Indiana kid, was there a desire for you to go play for Coach Katie, Coach Knight, and what was the recruiting like from those schools? Was it hot and heavy, or was it just something that where you made that decision where you kind of wanted to get away and become your own man? How did that all play out with, with your recruitment well, and going to play? As a youngster, uh, as a youngster, I was a Purdue Boilermaker fan mm-hmm. and went up there often with with my dad. And 
uh, Coach Jim Rosenstill. Mm-hmm. And whether the tickets were for, for Coach or whether they thought I was a potential uh, prospect, we would go up there well, three to four times a, a year mm-hmm. and sit right behind the bench. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just really, really thought that that was going to be the school for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we moved to Paoli, I did take a visit to Indiana. Mm-hmm. So I was able to now visit with Coach Katie and Coach Knight. And mm-hmm. I watched practice. Uh, with my mom, with my dad, and uh, I would have loved to have gone to either one of those schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, Butler came in the mix and was strong, and I even thought, you know, Butler is a spot that, that's an up-and-coming program that, that I could see myself playing at. And throughout the recruiting process, of as I've come to learn, there's a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. And what happened in those particular years, Indiana and Purdue were both very, very good. Mm-hmm. and both of them offered me uh, a, an opportunity for a prep school mm-hmm. um, to, to get a, a, a year experience and get bigger. Mm-hmm. And I, I really thought about it, but I, I didn't have the familiarity with that as I do now. Mm-hmm. And not that that would have made a difference. Yeah. But the University of Missouri came in, and Norm Stewart uh, right up there with, with uh, Coach Knight in. Coach Katie, mm-hmm. just one of the legends of the game. Yeah, they happened to have a scholarship for me, mm-hmm. and on our visit out there, it just kind of came—I wouldn't say full circle—but my mom and dad both really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Now I would say this: that when the decision-making time was to come, uh, it, it came down to, to Butler, Missouri, mm-hmm. and right at the eleventh hour, I, I was still struggling. And what ended up happening was I had a really, really good teammate of mine from summer basketball. He grabbed the Butler scholarship. Okay. So back to recruiting and some gamemanship, you know, it, uh, uh, you go where you're wanted. And, and I felt that I, Missouri was going to be the place. I still had Butler in my mind because it was a little closer to home. Mm-hmm. But at that time, Missouri was a number one overall seed in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go as, as, uh, and play at, at the top level that I, I thought I could play. Mm-hmm. So that's how that decision ended up. And I'm very thankful. Uh, I had two great years out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, I, I would have liked to play it a little more, but mm-hmm. as I tell a lot of people, uh, this is very competitive. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, there's only five positions that are on the floor at one time, and, and usually six, seven, and eight are mm-hmm. about as deep as they go. And at the best of the best level, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes sometimes the chips don't fall your way. Absolutely. And for me, I had to evaluate after year two, was 10 minutes, 12 minutes going to be enough for me? Mm-hmm. Or did I need to make the decision to find a level that I was going to get my 30 minutes and a few more shots? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't easy. I could have I could have stayed at Missouri. Like mm-hmm. I said, I, I loved my time out there. I had great friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that my basketball career was going to come to an end uh, when college was over. Mm-hmm. You know, some some guys have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. But I knew this is – I'm going to put four to five years in, and then I, I'd like to try coaching out if that opportunity presented itself. So, you know, uh, my time at Missouri and, and how that all went down, uh, you know, it was a very fun time. But I bring it back to the recruiting with young kids these days. There's a lot goes into it, and sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Usually, more times than not, it, it hits where it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. But that's just a little bit about that. Get on. You hit on something there that that I wanted to ask you. At what point in time did you know that you wanted to get into coaching? Was that something that you felt all the all the way through as a youngster, or was that something that developed at Missouri, Austin P? When, when did that come about? I think it, it it happened as a at a young age. Part of it was just growing up around educators and, mm-hmm. and uh, teachers and and, and uh, you know family friends that were in education and kind of seeing the style uh, of living mm-hmm. and uh, also knowing that you were going to help you, you know teach. I think by by trade the the Combs family is more teacher than anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a learned trait from both my mom and dad. So when you see that and, and you have a comfort level 
uh, of doing that. And then you realize probably as a, you know, high school kiddo when you're, when you're coaching the, the Saturday morning fourth and fifth grade team that, you, you know, sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Sometimes there's extracurriculars with, uh-huh. with the whatever, but you, you either learn it, you can have some thick skin or you don't. Yeah. And then as you get going, your, your degree choice, mine was education. It happened to be mathematics. Um, and I thought all along I was going to end up teaching and coaching and trying to find an assistantship back home. Uh, what ended up transpiring was a grad assistant opportunity. And then after that, a, a position opened up. And t- again, welcome to draw for me. Yeah. It's kind of how this career path started. But I did, I did have a feeling that, that coaching, mentoring, teaching would be part of my career path. Would be a big part of it. Coach, you also talked about making that shift and, and going from Missouri to Austin P uh, as a player to finish up your playing career. And that, that ultimately led to, like you said, some connections that, that set you up for coaching. But you had to set out a year, right? And I'm sure that was a tough decision for you to, to make because you knew you had to set out a year, correct? I did, and that was tough. At the same time, it was probably needed. Uh-huh. So looking back at it, when you know you talk about the old school rules of, of not even allowing freshmen to play, oh, back well before I mm-hmm. was even in high school, and yeah. you heard about it, and yeah. like, why was that? And that, that doesn't need to be a rule. Well, you know what? There's some merit to it. Mm-hmm. And, and for for me, I probably could have used the redshirt year, my freshman year. Mm-hmm. You know, you're out there in the Big Eight and the Big Twelve, and, and you're dealing with men, mm-hmm. and not having touched a, a weight in high school. I'm showing up out there, going on my skill, and uh, you know my mind, and it was only going to get me so far. Yeah. So the redshirt year automatically built in when I did transfer. Mm-hmm. My body was able to change. I was able to. Uh, you know, do do some different things off of the floor, and for me, I've really benefited from it. So mm-hmm. that that transfer part, looking back, it was it was tough, challenging, but it also helped me for my junior and senior year. And now, you know, guys can. For over 32 years, D1 basketball has offered elite basketball camps and top tier player development programs, team camps, individual skills camps, and shooting camps, and improve performance for you. New Indiana basketball camps impact performance like D1 basketball. Since 1989, annual enrollment in D1 basketball has grown from 80 to 3,500 players, making it one of the largest individual basketball organizations in the Midwest. The mission of D1 basketball is to help coaches and players maximize their performance. D1 basketball facts. D1 basketball camps are exclusively endorsed by the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. D1 team camps have hosted more high school sectional championship teams, final four teams, and Indiana All-Stars than any other camp shootout or summer tournament. D1 team camps provide the best chance for a school coach to work with all their teams in its top-tier competition from the South they, they can get into the portal, and they get automatic eligibility. What, what are your thoughts on the portal? You know, transferring has always been a, a part of the game, mm-hmm. part, part of sports. What's taking shape is, is right now is it's kind of a, the popular thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be, be careful and, again, selective, mm-hmm. uh, and everybody's got their own situation. Mm-hmm. Playing basketball and getting on the floor is – where you want to go, but how do you get there? Mm-hmm. And I even ask myself this question now, but I've been recruited, you know, by every school in the country, minus a few blue bloods as a high school senior in this era. I don't know because yeah. everybody wants an older kid. Mm-hmm. So how can you get there is the route. Mm-hmm. Well, the game has just kind of changed and the word portals getting thrown around out there, which, that's where the transfers go in so they can now be contacted. That number seems to just be on the rise and on the rise. It's intent what was probably it was good. But now that there's it's just getting oversaturated, mm-hmm. what's going to probably happen is that you 
it should slow down eventually because you get one transfer and people are using that. I say people, the, the guys, the gals are using it probably a little too early. They're using it after their freshman year mm-hmm. um, versus giving it a couple years. Mm-hmm. And then what's happening now is you get a second transfer mm-hmm. if you're a grad student. So yeah. when, it, when it comes to the recruiting port, there's multiple transfer opportunities, which makes that portal high. And, and does it always make sense? I, I would go back to this and say the part that I miss and the part that I think fans miss are familiarity with names, mm-hmm. uh, players, positions, whatnot. Yeah. But, uh, you know, again, it's a different era. Mm-hmm. This uh, was intended to benefit this student athlete and right now it's just in a place that probably uh more unfortunately than fortunately it's going and it's just going to take a little time for it to probably relax and it's just where the game's at yeah i know i I laugh because my son he my third grade son he's he's ate up by the game and you know when he's not doesn't have a ball in his hand in the driveway in the gym bouncing around the workout room you know he likes to watch youtube videos about the nba or the history of the game and stuff and i was just watching the other night and i can't even remember what player it was and i said griffin i I said what college did he go to and immediately he rattled it off and you know let's say it was james worthy and he said north carolina and then that got me thinking i was sitting there at the snack bar and i was like okay these guys that are playing now that are going to play in the league if you say, hey, what school did that guy go to? You're going to say, well, he went to Missouri. Then he went to Florida State. <laughs> then he went to, went to this school. So, you know, it, it has changed the game. But from a guy that's at a mid-major right now, has it made your job a lot more difficult because guys that excel at your level then are going to look to maybe jump to a, a you know, Power 5 conference? It has made it uh, tricky, to say the least. And our examples are two years ago, we had two players, one uh, transferred to Auburn and the other one to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd say 10 years ago, they wouldn't have made those moves. Mm-hmm. And what it did give us the opportunity uh, to to look ourselves for, for those that are transferring. It's, uh, I, you know, I think at the, at the end of it, I think not only does the NCAA coaches recruited student athletes, they, they want to fit. So there are some kiddos that, uh, you know, it just wasn't a match from mm-hmm. the get go, meaning they, they, the, the level might just be too high. Uh, so now they got to go find a place that, that fits them better. And then there's, there's those kids that they are able to play at a higher level. And then for them to, seek that out you know it's tough because again i say 10 years ago we had those guys on our team you knew they were coming back and you built a team around that and and from you know so on so now when when they do leave it's you're kind of you're kind of torn you're happy for them but at the same time you're you're thinking man am i going to be able to find another one of those again Mm -hmm. and uh to me you, you just try not to let it eat you up yeah it's it's where it's at you got to try to catch your breath and you, you, you kind of got to be on your toes a little bit more than, than I guess maybe you used to, but those that are, are finding success right now still recruit high school kids. Uh, they are looking in the portal and, and they're just finding some good balance. Yes. Well, coach, one of the things that, that I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, you started out there at Austin P you were an assistant for 12 years. Um, did you coach a guy named Levi Carmichael when you were there? I sure did. Yeah. Le- Levi's a good guy. You know, the AD now at Clarksville, and he's been a successful head coach in the state of Indiana. Took a team uh, uh, to uh, the state championship game himself when he was a head, head coach at Crawford County. But what was that like then having the opportunity to become an assistant coach and spend 12 years at the school that you played at? I know you said there were some doors that got opened up with Coach Luce, but how uh, how enjoyable was that? Well, it, it was a lot of fun. And, again, I've been really fortunate. I've, uh, 
I happen to play for two guys, Coach Norm Stewart and Dave Luce, who both have their names on the floor. Norm Stewart Court out at Mizzou and Dave Luce Court at Austin P. And uh, to help him in any shape or form, whether that was at a player or as a, as a coach, um, I feel, again, really lucky. So we were able to, to uh, during my time as an assistant, we won five championships, got to go to the NCAA a couple of times. And for me to be able to uh, help help out with recruiting in the region, which that was our, our, our plan to recruit four or five hours away from Clarksville and Indianapolis was in that uh, window, mm-hmm. St. Louis to Atlanta. So you draw a circle and, and you also knew my wheelhouse to a degree was, was going to be to uh, try to find some kiddos from, from Indiana and, and, you know, guys like Levi, uh, Kyle Duncan from Ben Davis, just to name a couple of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for those guys to, to be on teams that, that um, those were, those were both four year players that got their degrees and they also got a championship ring. Mm-hmm. That's what we set out to do, and that was the formula. And, and again, for me to have a, a small piece in that, because somebody I knew said, "Hey, why don't you go check out somebody down the road?" And that's how recruiting works to me. I, I, I trust a family, I trust friends, I trust friends of friends, and then those are my eyes. And sometimes it's a hit, sometimes it's a miss, mm-hmm. but at least it gets me, uh, you, you know, an opportunity to help out kiddos from from that area which i'll always do yeah and you know you can't always do that and and sometimes you get people that are um you know trying to lead you down a road with a kid and and maybe it's not a good fit for you but man like you said it's got to be a a great feeling when it is a good fit like levi was there at uh, austin p for you guys and, and guys from indiana that come down and help you win a championship and you know you had a Really solid tenure there, uh, spent over a decade at, at Austin P. And then you go and you move down a seat and you become the head coach at Martin Methodist. Um, and you, you went to three NAI uh, uh, tournaments while you were the head coach there. Uh, what, what was that like moving down that seat at the college level? Well, I was, uh, I was really excited. And, uh, you know, looking back, there is a tad bit of difference between the between the seat to the left, and again, I had good people that were were working with me that were able to get us some good players, and and we hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. And I, I really didn't know that much about the NAI or even the, the national tournament out in Kansas City at Municipal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but boy, when I got out there and I saw. I just saw the fan base that uh, in the tradition, uh, it kind of it kind of knocked me back. And yeah. for me, my, my dad was able to attend uh, those, and and it, it, again, very special that that uh, you know it goes back to college basketball. There's different levels, uh-huh. but at the end of the day. It's still college basketball, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I'm very very fortunate to coach some super talented kiddos because to get to Kansas City and the Sweet 16, the lead eight, however far we didn't make it, you know those teams right there at the end of the year. Not that they could be playing in the NCAA tournament, but they deserve the right to be playing, mm-hmm. and um, just as everybody else. And, and for me to have six years um, at Mark Methods, you know that was a special time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you talk about how it's still college basketball, and I've got two guys uh, right now playing at Grace um, for Coach Moore up there at Grace, and I watch watch those games, and and the Crossroads League, that's a special league of NAI basketball, but there are a lot of special leagues and a lot of special teams across the country, and especially in the heartland, and like you said, the, the national tournaments there at Kansas City, and I don't think until people watch, sit down and watch a game on TV, but go and attend a game that they appreciate the athleticism and the ability of guys at that level. And like you said, at the end of the day, it's still college basketball and those guys, those guys compete. Um, and they compete because man, they really want to be there. <laughs> you know, they're they're Yeah. Some of them are getting full rides and some of them are getting partial scholarships, but man, th- those kids at that level really want to be there and they compete. They do. And, and a testament to our kiddo this past year is from uh, hope, Indiana, 
Hauser High School, and he was a four-year player at all events. Uh-huh. And we ended up bringing him on this year because of the COVID year and the grad transfer, and we weren't sure how it was going to translate. But six uh, ten, Alex Gross. Yeah. After a couple, couple really good games to start the year, we opened up at Indiana. He ended up all conference and defensive player of the Ohio, of the Ohio Valley Conference, and it just shows you, uh, you know, and it's not for everybody. Not everybody's going to translate. Yeah. But he was able. He was able to to give that a shot and and prove that uh, you know the, the tops of the NAI can, can play some Division One basketball. So we were really proud of of him, and it goes back to my days at Martin Methodist, and it just shows you that there's. There's good uh, sports at every level, and, and uh, be proud of it. You know, Coach, earlier you talked about being at Moorhead and how it's uh, about two and a half hours away from Paola. You've been there now for five years in, as an assistant. You guys won the 2021 OVC tournament, went to the NCAA. This past season, um, you guys had a really nice year. You went to the NIT. You beat Clemson. Um, for folks around here, which I'm not tremendously familiar with Moorhead, like, Tell us a little bit about the area and a little bit about the school. Well, the school is located off of I-64. Mm-hmm. So if you take Louisville and you go an hour east, you'll be at Lexington. Then you take it another hour, and you're in Moorhead. And it is a beautiful part of the country. It's very similar to southern Indiana. Mm-hmm. We have a Cave Run Lake, which is really popular. And it's a lot of good summer use. And as a matter of fact, we take our team out there and and we jump on some boats and uh, some ski doos and and, uh, and uh, we have a lot of fun. And being off the interstate is uh, it helps because we're we're not off in the cut. But uh, at the same time, you can get in the cut pretty easy if you want to. So there's a lot of hiking uh, and a lot of a lot of good good restaurants. And uh, you know the college is built right around a, a hospital. So from that standpoint, they've uh, the infrastructure of the town is, is stable, and it was a place when we visited. And, you know, I was leaving the head coaching spot at Martin Methodist uh, to come up here to be an assistant, and you know, I had to had to kind of talk back and forth about that because we really did enjoy our time down in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we're no different than anybody that uh, when you get a phone call from from somebody that wants a little help, and and, and then they call a couple, two, three, four times. <laughs> it, it, it really, it really, you know, tugged on your on your heart there. And, and my wife and I and uh, my daughter, we all kind of talked it up. And you know, Moorhead's been a, been a great place for us. We're again not too far from from Paoli or Southern Indiana. So from time to time, I'll I'll get a call from a friend or two or a family member, and they'll make the trip down here. And then being in charge of the schedule, I do try to get us back back home. So during our time here already, we played Butler. Uh, we played at Indiana. We played at IEPUI. Uh, next year, uh, look for us to probably head on up to West Lafayette. So, you know, it's uh, it's uh, one of those things that I I, I try to keep a, a relevant connection uh, to where I'm from because uh, you know, once again, I'm I'm proud of where I'm from, and I'm not only coaching for for just me. I'm coaching for a lot of people, yes. and uh, I want people to to understand that and and, uh, and most do i mean this is a it's a, a families are all tied into this but your extended family and then your friends it's it's mm-hmm. a it's a fun game to be a part of and, and you have to you have to catch a break here or there because it's uh it's one of those businesses right now it's, it's, you either win just enough to, to hold it down or you got to move on mm-hmm. or you don't win enough and, and they ask you yeah uh, to step to step aside which again we know what we're getting into, and there's going to be nothing wrong with either of those outcomes. Right now, we're just enjoying the moment. Yeah, and uh, that's where we're at, Coach. You know, you—I I don't know you extremely well, but one of the things I've always felt about you is you are extremely grounded, and what you just said, you know, just proves that point that you're just enjoying the moment. But um, you know, outside of being where your feet are right now, in and of this moment, wh- where do you see yourself down the road? Do you see yourself? trying to get back into head coaching or do you, do you think you're just going to run this out um, as an assistant? Because there's a lot of guys that do that and that's, that's really a pretty good gig. Well, it's a great question. And I got that question quite a bit when I left Martin Methodist. Uh, the question was, why, why are you leaving your head coaching post to, to go back to being an assistant? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it wasn't an easy move, like I said, but at the same time, 
you want to position yourself to where you can have some success. And, and sometimes it is about helping others. And in our case, you know, Preston Spradlin is, is a young up and comer. And I really, I, I thought, you know, this is an opportunity for me to uh, see if I could help assist in a bunch of different areas and give, give him an opportunity to, to just coach. Mm-hmm. You know, he needed, uh, I think, a, a, a little help and a boost in some areas, one recruiting, but, but just overall, uh, I liked, uh, I liked what he was bringing and uh, a great family guy, uh, you know, a great leader. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, we didn't give ourselves a timetable, but yes, I think eventually we would love an opportunity to be a head coach again. Mm-hmm. We also have, and we've talked about, I've got a lot of administrator in me. That's, that's from my dad, and mm-hmm. from family. and from, I was going to uh, say, that's got to be in your blood. <laughs> from those around me. So it's, 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 uh, I, I think and I hope that I still have a couple of different paths to take. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, I'm hoping, uh, I, I really I don't even know if hope is the right word. I just think when the time comes that I'm, that I have some good choices. And right now, uh, working here at Moorhead in my role, really enjoying it. And do I see it happening forever? I, I don't. I just, it just probably, it's not in the cards. And it's, it's probably at a lot of different schools. Mm-hmm. But we build ourselves in, into this community. And enough that I do see it uh, uh, having a few more years left in it. And then if we can somehow win enough games, like you do see, and, and talk is out there at the end of the season where who's going to go where who's doing this again you can't get caught up into it but you can't ignore it mm-hmm. and uh, i think that's right where we're at so three years of 22 23 wins a piece we positions ourselves nicely uh, again is it going to take you places i think we're at a place right now where like i said we, we like we like where we're at it, it's it's a very homey feel not too far away from our home base and well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the cards play out, Coach. A um, couple more questions here for you before we get off. And uh, you know, with everything that you've got going on there, and, and you've got a great system there at Moorhead, who who is a college coach outside of what you guys do there at Moorhead that you really appreciate and, and you think just does really good stuff that you kind of try to steal some things from and pick his brain from time to time. Well, I go back to probably uh, some old timers in there. They're not even they're not even coaching. They're mo- mostly retired right now. But growing up in Indiana, it just just being around not only terrific college coaches, but also just being around terrific high school coaches or even middle school coaches. I I, I think when I look back at where I was at, probably where you were at, and sure, some days we thought, "What, what's this guy talking about?" Mm-hmm. But they all learned from uh, from the, the, the guys ahead of them, and we're just probably trying to do it that way, which we, which we all thought was was probably the way to do it, and for the most part, a solid way. So back mm-hmm. to the old John Wooden to to today's era, I do like to keep up with with the, the, some young coaches that have uh, maybe a different take on some offense and some defensive schemes. Mm-hmm. And the one I've learned from probably more than, than anybody right now is, is who I'm working for, Preston Spradlin. Mm-hmm. The sets that he has and the defensive schemes that, that he uses, um, whether he got them a little bit from John Calipari during his time at Kentucky, or he got him from his days as an NAI player down at Iowa Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's he's got a great mind. I've, I've got a couple assistant coaches here that we work with that I that I do love picking their brain, and they've come from different places. So I've enjoyed that part. Now, from a from a watching on TV standpoint, when it comes to it, I've seen the guys, uh, the young guys like Bill Self, that are now not so young anymore, mm-hmm. but just how they. Uh, have kind of helped help the game and you're going to get different opinions on whether whether they've gone too far or, or whatnot but I think it also it also shows that people are at least paying attention and, and there's more than one way to do it and, and mm-hmm. to protect our game and the integrity is important 
but uh, you also, you know, that NCAA tournament and where where it's gone from where it is now, and I think even this year showed uh, there's going to be some young minds. There's going to be some non-blue bloods that break through, and you know, one in particular right there in our backyard, but Dusty May. Yeah. Um, you know, I couldn't be more proud to to say that I've known Dusty for a long time, and uh, as we probably connect all can connect some dots really quickly. Mm-hmm. It's just neat to see our game is, is, is right there for people like him to take it. Yeah, that was an amazing run by Florida Atlantic. And like you said, too, I love how you, you kept going back to your staff and, and the other guys that are assistants because it's it's great, especially when you have people that have a, a lot of experience and come from diverse backgrounds, that you can learn so much from the people that you're around if, if you're just in, in in that moment and you give it an opportunity. Well, Coach, I'm going to finish up with this question for you. I have a lot of young coaches uh, that listen to the podcast. Um, what would be your biggest piece of advice for a young coach who's an assistant, he's an aspiring head coach? What would be a good nugget that you would give those guys? Well, I, I think most importantly is enjoy where you're at mm-hmm. and continue to learn um, you know, whether that's a, a video or just going to go watch somebody else at a practice, I think there's more value than that. And sometimes it's, as you know, it, it maybe will teach you maybe what not to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, to always try to be learning something, and I've learned that from my folks, is if there's one thing you can do is to try to learn something new each day. So I take myself back you know, 20 years ago and I think I did try to do that, whether it was go work a work a camp or you got turned down to work that camp, so you need to go over to this camp. And don't be afraid to uh, do something that maybe somebody else isn't interested in doing, such as coaching a a, a seventh grade B team. Mm-hmm. I, I I did that plenty of times and, and got great uh, memories from it and great knowledge from it. So to answer your question on that, without mumbling too much i think just 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 you know be where you're at but always be learning all right coach i appreciate your time that you've given us you've given us a lot to learn from and and best of luck to you and everybody there at moorhead we're going to be rooting for you uh from here in southern indiana and like you said there may be some opportunities like there was last year with you guys in indiana uh for folks to see you guys um and Really, like you said, you're not too far down the road, just a couple hours. So, Coach, best of luck to you guys um, in the future. Hey, thanks a bunch. Chucking It from the Cheap Seats is brought to you by Shootaway, offering products like 12K Series guns, proven time and again by the nation's top schools and college coaches programs. For special pricing and discounts, contact Bruce Help at 317-767-5543 or go to shootaway.com.